0: Welcome, you are listening to Looking for Love and More, and I'm your host, Dr. Lori Buckley, and I am joined by my co-host and sidekick, Mark Phelan.
1: Professional sidekick, thank you.
0: Yes, excuse me, professional. We don't want to forget those it's important been labels. it years
1: since I've been an amateur sidekick.
0: <laughs> he is definitely a professional. I mean, we've been doing this for, I don't even know how many years.
1: Since, oh, what, seven?
0: Maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we started out with On the Minds of Men.
1: And think of the locations we'd been. Your closet.
0: That's right. We used to record in my closet.
1: In a car inside of a Galleria shopping center.
0: Yes, we did that. We did also have a live show called Sexy Stuff. Dun, dun, dun. And that was in a studio. That was fun.
1: That's, we almost were professional.
0: That was with LA Radio. Talk Radio. LA Talk Radio. Yeah, that was fun. We did that. And this is really the first time that we've actually done it all by ourselves.
1: We're spanning the globe.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like doing it. The other ones were fun, and they were a good experience, but this is very different. And this is in my home, and we sit here... Across from one another. We're in
1: the East Wing, just down the way from the Squash Court.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, not exactly. But it is lovely, and we have a lot to be grateful for being here. So, yeah, we've been doing this for many, many years off and on, and this is this is great. And we are going to be taking our hiatus. So this is our last show for the season. We will be back in September. So that gives us a few months. We're going to be setting up our new studio Which, again, as promised, it will include some video.
1: Absolutely. You'll be seeing and experiencing almost in 3D.
0: (laughs) It's It's like we're in
1: the room with you.
0: It's going to be all new. We're going to have some new formats. Any suggestions, any ideas, absolutely let us know. We have some in mind, but we would love to hear from you. Send me an email at laurie at com. Would love to hear any suggestions you have. We are going to be reading listener emails Every single show, will be answering a question from a listener, so that is going to be part of our new format, and we're really excited about it. But in the meantime, we're going to be taking some time off, going to Italy, and having some fun. I will be doing some Instagram videos, or posts, I guess they're called. That's I'm right. new to this, so forgive me, but I am now going to be on Instagram. And I have an account. It's Dr. Lori Buckley, D-R-L-O-R-I-B-U-C-K-L-E-Y. Follow me and hopefully there'll be some interesting things on there that you want to see and certainly I'd be happy to follow you. So check me out on Instagram. I haven't posted anything yet. So it's the first time. I'm a it's little an nervous. an
1: empty page with a name on it. <laughs>
0: There's nothing there. <laughs> Absolutely nothing there, but there will be. And while I'm in Italy, I'm definitely Going to be sending a lot of things and hopefully some useful tips and things that I think will be fun. Some quotes. I love quotes. So I'll be sending a lot of those and posting some pictures and anything that I think could be fun and interesting and useful.
1: We'll be taking steps in history. We'll be exploring love and more down through the centuries, through the millennium. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Something like that. No, it's going to be fun. So hopefully you'll follow me, check it out. I think you'll find it worthwhile. So even though we won't be putting any new shows out there in the next few months, I will be on Instagram. So you'll be able to keep in touch and that will be. And if you're wonderful.
1: listening to this from another country, please let us know. I think it is so cool. when We get those little demographics.
0: Yeah, I mean we do have a lot of a lot of countries where people are listening some more than others. The UK seems to be the most popular one other than the United States. So that is a fun thing.
1: Exactly. If you happen to be in the London area I'm going to be there. You could actually call me up and take me to lunch.
0: <laughs> if you want to. I'm a
1: gracious host You can that do you that. can pay for. So
0: anyways, we're excited about all that. But today, let's talk about what we're talking about today, which is important. That's why we're here. We're always here to give you some information we hope that you find useful. And we thought we would talk about sex therapy. I find that there are many people who really don't know what sex therapy is. They think they may know, or maybe they want to know, but don't know how to ask, or they ask, but with a bit of hesitation and embarrassment. So I hear from people every day, people who are curious about it, just people who I meet, or people who are actually contacting me because they're thinking they may want sex therapy. And I just think that there's a lot of good information that we can give about that. And at the same time, maybe it'll be answering your questions. And if it's something you've been thinking about, maybe we'll give you the answer of whether it is a good idea for you.
1: And maybe clear up some misconceptions, because I'm sure a lot of people probably think sex therapy always involves a surrogate.
0: There are actually people who think that sex therapy includes some type of sex. Mm -hmm. It does not. There is no sex, not certainly between me and my clients or between my clients with me in the room. There's no nudity. There's no sex. All we do is talk. But talk is important. We can explore some things and some understandings or beliefs about sex. And that's a lot of what we do. A lot of what sex therapy is, is understanding your own sexuality, maybe what sex means to you understanding maybe some messages that you got that have created some challenges or barriers to be able to have an enjoyable sex life. And we all do get some bad information, some misinformation Mm -hmm. about sex. I mean, I don't know about you, but a lot of people, when I ask them, what was it like in your household? How did you learn about sex? Many people say it wasn't really talked about.
1: No, I was a, a classic Irish Catholic young man. And with a large family, and the uh, ironic thing, I look back now, is my father had six kids, so he knew a lot about it.
0: <laughs> well, maybe he maybe didn't it, know a lot about birth control. <laughs> exactly.
1: But they, there was no need for it. That was the beauty of that environment. But also, it's generational. It's what people think should be or what they've heard it should be. And do you find it interesting that we deal with all kinds of issues in our daily lives about anything? You've, oh, I had Italian food once. I didn't like it. it was It's too spicy. There's a mental imprint. Unfortunately, things think sexual is beyond the mental imprint. Sometimes it can affect the rest of your life about an encounter you did or didn't have, mm-hmm. or which you've heard was it's supposed to be. Right. And then that puts a preconceived notion, especially a woman who's dealing with issues of saying orgasm, well, I know I'm supposed to, but he's not doing it, so I must have something wrong with me. Yeah.
0: yeah. And
1: that's the dynamic that really, that's where you come to your forefront of you're helping to communicate that this is all just stuff that can be worked on.
0: I mean, that's really a lot of what sex therapy is, letting people know that there is nothing wrong with them and really just addressing those false beliefs about what sex might be or those messages. Because if sex isn't talked about, we do get a message that there's something kind of wrong about it. It's not something you talk about. And so if you can't talk about it, how are you going to learn? How are you going to talk about it with your partner? I'm just wondering when I said, I just have to go back because I'm thinking about it, when I said that your parents or your dad didn't know much about birth control, you said there was no need. I'm just wondering if you have a belief that they only had sex six times.
1: No, no, no. (laughs) I'm saying no need of the fact of having to worry about birth control control because they didn't mind getting the after effect of being
0: pregnant. Oh, I thought you meant because, well, they
1: only had sex when they wanted to have babies. Number one, it's my DNA too. He's Irish. (laughs) And what is your point? (laughs) My point is, you know, good, bad, and different. You know, keep the ball rolling. I think the deal is, like again, generational. Back then, Uh especially in the Catholic environment, but there's other like let's procreate. Exactly. That's the the business that you're in. Also, the idea that somehow. This is what the duties of the man and the woman are. And if you fulfill your duties, you should be knocking it out of the park every night. I don't think there's any subject that's bullshitted more about, especially amongst guys, than sex. Oh, I nailed it five times last. No, she couldn't get enough of me. I mean... I lasted for hours. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, she said I was the best she ever had. And you find out they didn't even go on a date. (laughs) The bullshit factor is huge. (laughs) Right. In the male arena.
0: And if you're getting that message from friends, from now the internet, from mainstream movies, we've talked about porn before, and this is what you are believing sex is supposed to be you are feeling pretty bad about mm-hmm. yourself because you can't match up to that because it's unrealistic and, by the way, not even really desirable. So it's a problem because, like you said, if you're feeling bad about yourself, and that can happen on a first sexual experience. Maybe your first sexual experience, you have difficulty getting an erection, yep which can happen because the you're nervous. quintessential whiskey dick. Yeah, I mean, it could be because of whiskey, but it could be because you are really nervous, which would make sense the first time you're going to have sex. Not even just the first time you're going to have sex, but the first time you have sex with a new person. Mm -hmm. You may be very experienced and extremely virile, but when you are with a new partner, especially one that you care about, it's not uncommon to get nervous and lose your erection.
1: Or... Boom. You're so excited that you have the erection, but it's not lasting because you just finished the job. Because you came in before. seconds, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. And then there's that, right? Mm-hmm. That belief of, and I've had men come in and say, oh, I have premature ejaculation, mm-hmm. which is just a horrible term, uh, right? Just premature ejaculation. Like, what does that actually mean? So when I ask them, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I come really quickly what is really quickly uh-huh. how long does it take you to come sometimes it's true sometimes men will say yeah. well within seconds right. you know' we'll go okay that is we'll just say early ejaculation mm-hmm. uh or we'll undesirable ejaculation because you don't you're not ready to you don't want to but some men will say oh you know ten fifteen minutes well that's a pretty good range I mean that's the average not a bad run no it's mm-hmm. it's actually on the On the high end there, Mm -hmm. you know, on the spectrum, because generally an intercourse session lasts about five to seven minutes. So if you're getting the message that you're supposed to be making love or having sex or fucking whatever you want to Mm -hmm. call it all night long or for hours and you come in 15 or 20 minutes... Well, then you're going to start feeling bad about yourself for no reason. I mean, nobody really wants
1: that. Well, again, it's like watching a porn. You see the guy just hammering away, and you look at your watch. It's like a half an hour just hammering away. It's like comparing yourself to an Olympic athlete. You know, these guys are professionals legitimately. They know all the tricks of the trade and also the camera shots and everything else. So it looks like it's just perpetual. And, of course, every second, the woman is writhing in pure ecstasy, too, of course.
0: (laughs) Right, and she comes instantly and, and how
1: many women do you know and i've heard the same thing it's like i don't really want it to last forever it gets boring and hurts after a while it
0: does we yeah lose
1: the lubrication and it's like okay are you done yet
0: yeah yeah <laughs> like that
1: uh exp- <laughs> the the seinfeld joke when kramer says oh i faked it that- I just want it to be over with already. It's enough.
0: Right, right. And that is true. Men fake it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that sex therapy is really good for sometimes, just normalizing your experience or giving you permission to... Think what you think or feel what you feel or do what it is that you want to do. There's something about being able to talk to somebody freely who you know is comfortable with this subject, not just comfortable, but knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. where you start to understand there's nothing wrong with you at all that this is what sex is. And there is no right or wrong per se, as long as nobody's getting hurt. And that is really important. And we all have our things and, you know, I'll have people come to me, they have a fetish or they'll have a thing that they really feel embarrassed about and they want to not have it anymore. And rather than trying to get them to not have it, which is crazy to me, it's like, Hey, how lovely for you that you are excited by this thing that's fabulous. Be excited by that thing. Why not? If it enjoys you, again, nobody's getting hurt. You have a consensual partner. It can be beautiful. Now, again, we can talk about other ways you can enjoy sex and maybe expand your sexual behaviors and responses and experiences. That's a wonderful thing to do, and we can talk about that. So really, a lot of it is helping people feel more confident, more knowledgeable. It's not so much about skill-building, although there might be some of that that we can talk about, it's much more about confidence and communication and understanding what it is for you that makes sex important. Now there are other levels. There are people who have had sexual trauma or who are really challenged in being in their sexuality. Maybe it is sexual pain for a woman. So I'll see a lot of women who are experiencing sexual pain. Oftentimes I need to refer them out to a gynecologist or even a physical therapist, and we work as a team. It really is something that is physical but also psychological, and we work together to be able to understand what is going on and to be able to work through that. And so you can have an enjoyable sex mm-hmm. life. Sexual trauma is another one. Being able to really work through that so sex is no longer something that feels painful to you emotionally but can be something that is pleasurable and loving. So I like to say that the sexual trauma wasn't really sex. That was an abuse of power. That was violence. I mean, we're hearing it all over, right? The whole Me Too thing. It's not about sex mm-hmm. as much as it is about that power and about sometimes even violence. I mean, when you're drugging people and you're forcing them to do things. Yeah, you and belong you're, in you, jail. And you're abusing your yeah. power. Yes, and... And that's what's happening. So there are different levels. Oftentimes, it's just people who want to be able to enjoy their bodies, enjoy Mm -hmm. sex. They're having problems in their relationship. And I'll see people who are in a relationship, and I'll see them alone sometimes because they want to work out their own things. And sometimes we'll work as a couple, which is really nice if you're in a relationship, Mm -hmm. a committed relationship, because it's two people involved. Changing one person or one person understanding some things and doing some things differently can change the dynamic and can you can one person can improve you know that sexual experience but when you have two people doing it together what i like to say is this is an opportunity for you to create something together that is not just wonderful and sustainable but gets better over time as opposed to what generally happens for so many couples as they're together longer or they get older where sex becomes less enjoyable. And we talked about that in our last episode of is sex overrated. Generally speaking, when we go on the automatic path, it's Mm -hmm. not so great. So sex therapy is a way to really create something together. When you do it with your partner, that's fun and exciting and lifelong. And it gets better and better and better with time.
1: Having the the most intimate of moments is having sex with someone, obviously, because you literally stripped away clothes. It can be. And at the same time, some people do the exact opposite. To hold now just hook up tender generation of, Yeah, I'm just going to get late tonight. I'm going to click on. I'm going to be meeting somebody at eight o'clock. I'll be, probably be done by 10. Right. And, and they're taking it the intimacy out of it and turning it into just flipping a switch. And unfortunately, there's a generation now growing up with that's the norm for them.
0: It's almost a way to avoid intimacy. It's like, well, if you're having sex, you don't have to talk.
1: Exactly. And so when you finally do meet someone, you want to expand and maybe continue and have a real relationship that starts to grow. Well, you've already knocked it out five or six times out of the five times you got together. And it's like, it's not special now. You've already done it. Now where you go, and, and some people will bail instead of pursuing it, because, well, I, you know, what's new? I want something new. I want something new. And now kids are being spoiled to the idea you don't need to have a long-term relationship. You can get laid anytime you want. And I think Which that, is true. And it is true. And unfortunately, that's different than when I was growing up. Even the, the studs of the class, the good-looking guys, rich guys, whatever, they could still have to work a little. There's always the the girl who's a little looser than the others, but there's still, the guy still had to work a little. Now it's literally, I mean, it's unbelievable. Anybody can flip on their computer within an hour, be nailing somebody. And I think it's just a shame in a way.
0: Well, you feel that way. I think there are some people who are like, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. But for now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then after a year,
1: two years, three years, it's like, okay, now it's not only boring, the level of intimacy, it gets spoiled. It doesn't get to be nurtured. And then, say, for instance, the the woman or the man, one or the other, mm-hmm. wants something more. And it's like, hey, you know, there's nothing here. You get jaded. You There's no expectation. You don't have to, as I say, work for it. In other words, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to be charming. I'm going to try and make her laugh. Take her someplace special. I don't know. All I have to do is call you and I'm going to get laid.
0: And again, it depends on what you're looking for. I'm gonna go back to my you know food analogies which are mm. always good I think when we're talking about sex sometimes you just really want to go to a fast food place and get a hamburger and fries nothing wrong with that that's what you want and sometimes you want to cook a meal you want to relish you know all Develop of the flavors yeah all of the experience the chopping and the shopping and the stirring and the all of that and then you know sit down and and enjoy that oh, yeah. meal and then next time you know you're gonna make another meal and you can no, I, I, a perfect analogy. It just depends on what it is that you're looking for. Right. So there's not really a right or wrong here. And that's important for people to understand. And again, this is what I do in my work. Oftentimes what sex therapy is, it really is understanding that you're okay. Forget about the shoulds and the supposed tos and what's wrong with me. And am I normal? And these are the things I hear in one form or another, mm-hmm. just understanding what works for you. And what works for your partner. There's nothing wrong with you if you need, for example, if you're a man and you need to be stimulated in a certain way to be able to get an erection. Mm -hmm. A lot of men feel... That there is something wrong with them because they're not getting instant erections the minute they look at their naked partner. And by the way, their partners, and you know, it could be men or women, are feeling bad about themselves when their partner isn't getting an instant erection. It's like, oh, I'm not attractive. Mm-hmm. He's not attracted to me. And so we oftentimes, just because we're all individual beings, We'll feel bad about ourselves because whatever's happening from our own point of view or from what we think our partner's point of view is, and again, it's still our point of view, but what we imagine our partner is thinking or feeling, we feel bad about ourselves. And so people are having sex or not having sex and they're feeling bad about themselves and that carries over into every other part of their life, certainly their relationship. And that is extremely problematic when the reality is it's probably nothing. There's probably absolutely nothing wrong with you or your partner. And when you know that, when you understand that, or when you address it in ways that make it feel better for you and your partner, then you feel so much better. And that's really what it is. It, it, it's Sometimes it's education. Sometimes it's giving permission. Sometimes it's going a little deeper and working through some bigger challenges or false beliefs or messages you got about sex. So, it's something that well not everybody can afford it or not everybody's going to feel comfortable doing it. If it's something that you feel could benefit you, why not? It can be wonderful. I mean, I like to do this show because people can get information And I'm just one of many. There's some great shows out there. Dan Savage. uh, I don't even know a lot of them. But I I know there's many that you can get really good information. I also know there's some that you don't get very good information. So you need to be somewhat critical of who you're listening to and what you're watching. If you are learning about sex from porn, you're looking in the wrong place. You're not going to be learning about sex. Mm -hmm. You're just learning about porn and two completely different things.
1: What is overall the most common reason that couples come in to see you?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Couples, the main reason they come in usually is one, is one person wants sex more than the other. And they're feeling that their partner has no desire or their partner's desire is too high. And they're having problems figuring that out. You know, one person is feeling bad because they're not feeling wanted or desired because their partner never wants to have sex with them. They keep feeling rejected. And then the lower desire partner feels that they're being pressured all the time. So that that's usually the most common complaint. Or one person wants it a little more kinky. They want to do one thing and the other person is absolutely opposed to it. So couples will come in for that. Men will usually come in with their main complaint either being about their erections. They're not able to get one. They're not able to sustain one. Or orgasms, they come too quickly, or they're not able to come. That's usually what the men are coming in with, and for women, it usually is about their desire. Although sometimes it's men's desire too; they just don't have desire for sex. Uh, but women, their most common one is they just don't have the desire, or they're having difficulty experiencing an orgasm. So those are the most common complaints that that I see in my practice, and these are things that sex therapy really does address and help you work through. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. It really does change people's lives, not just their sex life, but it changes their relationship, and it changes their lives, which is pretty fabulous. Sure, sure. And the way that sex therapy works is you come in, we talk about things. If you're in a relationship, I will spend time with each of you alone so you can speak candidly and freely. Sometimes there's things that we just don't feel comfortable talking about in front of our partner, and I get a good understanding, or you get, the person who's sitting in front of me, a better understanding of what might be going on, and then there will be home play assignments, homework, but it's more fun to call it home play, because we don't want it to be too much work. We want it to be fun. Uh, so they'll always have assignments. There's always things to work on in between the sessions, and those things are, I call them experiments, that they'll focus on these things and it will give them some information, either things that are stopping them from enjoying really pleasurable sex or things that are pleasurable. And both of those things are really important to be able to create, like I said, that kind of sex life that you want. The things that aren't working, the things that are getting in your way, or the breaks, you know, the things that press on our arousal breaks, or the things that really turn us on the things that, that get us excited and just having a better understanding of our own bodies and our partners and communication is really important. So we do a lot of how do you talk about sex while you're having sex and what are the things that you fantasize about and what are the things that you want? And people don't do that on their own generally. So to be able to do it, you know, in a safe place, Like my office Mm -hmm. with my help really does help a lot being able to create that kind of sex life and those experiences that they long for.
1: Yeah, you're you're not just providing the therapy, you're, you know, it's an overused word nowadays, but coaching is the idea you're giving them the tools and then showing them here's a way you can apply those things. And then you get the feedback and then you work from there versus just, okay, go home and do this. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. It's that support system is like, and we're doing this together. We're bonding. We're now taking another step in our relationship. We're looking to each other that we want to make our life, sex life better. Look at what we're doing. And even if it's subconscious, I think that's such a positive thing.
0: It's yes. It's a great thing. The message you're giving is so important to each other and it can be really fun. Mm-hmm. So at first it might feel scary. It might feel really uncomfortable. But just talking about it in that way,
1: titillated too. You're like, I can't wait to get home. This is going to be fun. And even if there's other issues at bay, the idea that you're actually making that step to do something about
0: it—yeah, it's a big thing. I mean, I always tell people whether it's relationship therapy or sex therapy. Making that phone call, you're 50% there because you've decided to do something about it. You've decided to make a change in your life. Mm -hmm. And you know how I feel about decisions. Wrote a book on it. Once you make a decision to do something and you're clear about that and why and what you really want – Everything else starts to happen, mm-hmm. and uh, with my guidance, so or a therapist's guidance, we can help you with that. And I actually like the way that you use the word coaching because I use that word a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is coaching, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just information, and sometimes it is therapy. And most of the time, it's a little bit of all of that. And it is actually not very scary at all, although I can appreciate how people feel uncomfortable sometimes when they first of come course. in to see me. They're talking to this stranger about something that they haven't talked about in their life sometimes ever mm-hmm. with anyone, right. which I do really feel honored and privileged to be that person for them and that they're able to trust me in that way. And I do really again, acknowledge and appreciate how difficult that is for them. For me, on the other hand, talking about sex, You know, I always say it's like breathing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's what I I do. I feel extremely comfortable with it. Uh, If I didn't, that would be a problem since I'm a sex therapist. But what that does is when they see me feeling so comfortable and we can talk about it so freely, it does create a level of comfort over time for the people in my office as well. And I do hear from a lot of my clients that was something that they enjoyed the most. Being able to think about and talk about sex so comfortably and freely, it's liberating.
1: Well, we are an uptight society anyway We always have When
0: it comes to sex especially It's
1: it's absurd I remember back literally I was 15 uh, And there were three exchange students Who came to the hotel I was working at And they were topless at the bar uh, At the pool And all of a sudden the bellman Was kind of excited Look at this, look at this And uh, they come and say Ladies, this isn't that kind of You can't do that We're in America Exactly And (laughs) they said, oh, we're so Sorry but, of course, me and the other busboy are like, this is unbelievable. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's
0: like, woohoo! And
1: that was a mental imprint I used for quite some time. But the whole point being… But in Europe, it's nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And so because they grow up with that, they go to the beach. Moms take their top off. Other girls have their tops so off. It doesn't become such an obsession. Right. I still think the reason Playboy became the magazine it did is because of the reason we're so uptight. If you could see topless women at the at the pool or at the beach… No one, I'm not going to look at a magazine, I just go to the beach.
0: But to go to the flip side of it, it almost de-eroticizes it. Nudity and boobs and Mm. there's something nice about that innocence when before the internet... Which some of the listeners don't even know what I'm what talking about, <laughs> but there was a time before the internet when looking at Playboy magazine and My seeing first a woman's boobs—first
1: rack I ever laid eyes on was in a Playboy when I was in ninth grade, and I was—and
0: oh, that's exciting, oh, of course, right? Or a Victoria's Secret magazine. I mean, these—you can look at that picture and get aroused. That is exciting. And now when. It's just so out there. You can see sex and nudity.
1: Full-on porno that you can flip on. I can literally, in 30 seconds, have a full-on porno on my freaking iPhone.
0: Yeah, it de-eroticizes sex.
1: Exactly, and then kids grow up with that. Yes. We had, again, we had to work at it. The idea of getting, first of all, we had to get the guy... Who looked eighteen? Who actually had a full beard in the ninth grade? Do actually go buy the Playboy because we all look like Boy Scouts. <laughs> right. And we get it. We sit around in a circle and like, oh my God, look at that! And it was a topless. It wasn't bottomless. There was nothing else other than a pair of tits.
0: Yeah, and now you know, kids probably need to be seeing a woman have sex with a horse or something, yeah, you know, anything- to be able to get excited over time. And maybe that's an exaggeration, but I do see that happening too. By the mm-hmm. way, I didn't say this, but it's true. A lot of the men I see in my practice are desensitized to partner sex mm-hmm. because what they're seeing on the internet is so. Intense. Right. It's so out right. there that when they're with the partner, besides being really nervous, it's a whole new experience. It doesn't have that same and level of intensity.
1: Unfortunately, yes. For the young lady who might be shy and reserved, it's her first time, and some guys expecting to get this fantastic full-on blowjob. It's like, she, she doesn't even want to touch it yet. She's that nervous.
0: Again, everybody starts feeling bad about themselves.
1: Exactly. I must not be any good. You don't attract it to me. You don't like me. Uh, the body shaming you'll do to yourself is much worse.
0: Again, how we're supposed to look, what's wrong with our Whoa. penis, what's yeah. wrong with our boobs, what's wrong with our body, all the things that are wrong with us. We're not aroused enough. We're not having orgasms. Yeah. Our erections aren't hard enough. Our, all of these things yep. for us to feel bad about ourselves. Sex is supposed to be freeing and fun. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm glad we're doing this episode right after the is sex overrated because they really do compliment one another so if you have not listened to that episode go back and listen to that and since we're going to be on hiatus it's a perfect opportunity for you to catch up on some of the old episodes Absolutely. and by the way if you are enjoying our show we would love a review on itunes it does help get the word out and we always appreciate that i never ask for that and it you know, if you can, we would appreciate it. If you don't, that's okay. Uh, and again, we'd love to hear from you for our new season. Any questions that you'd like us to answer? Yeah, any suggestions? What do you want to see? Exactly. All of those things are really important. So as we're going to wrap today's show and this last season, I do want to talk about my favorite thing of the week. And right now my favorite thing is, which is always one of my favorite things, is learning. So I love learning. And one of the things I did a week ago is I took a bread baking class. And I'm very much into bread baking. It's a very sort of, I don't know, therapeutic... Almost spiritual kind of an experience. You have to create this fermented yeast and, you know, the mother dough. And there's something about water and flour that comes alive. Then you work on this water and flour mixture to create this mother dough, this fermented live thing. Flour and water. That's all it is. It's alive. And if you eat flour and water, for a number of days or weeks, you will die. Yes. But if you eat bread made from flour and water, which is fermented yeast, you could live a very long time. It's a wonderful thing. I know people are carb-phobic, but having this amazing yeasty sourdough bread that you have baked and you knead it with your hands. And it's a very sensual thing. And to take a class, any kind of cooking class, Mm -hmm. it could be any class, but cooking classes I love because you're creating something. It's the alchemy of putting things together and creating something so amazing from these things that you would never even imagine you can do. And we've talked about how sensual and you know fabulous it can be to cook with a partner oh, and to share a, a meal in a very meaningful way. So if you are into cooking and you like a nice bread, but you don't necessarily want to eat the bread that they sell in the market, which I don't recommend, find yourself a great bakery. Find yourself a cooking class. There are great, wonderful YouTube videos. Um, I know I'm on an Instagram account or two that follow sourdough bread bakers. There's some great books and it is a really wonderful thing to do. You have people come over or you're going to someone's house and you bring them a giant baguette or fabulous bread that you have made by yourself, Can you know, also making that yeast You could certainly make a bread with yeast, with store bought yeast or commercial yeast, but that's not nearly as healthy or as fun. And it is just a wonderful experience. So, if it's something that you're into, check it out. There's cooking classes everywhere. And taking a cooking class by yourself or with a friend or with a lover is always a great thing to do. So, that's my favorite thing of the week. And this is it. We're wrapping our season. We will be back in September. And we look forward to hearing from you. A
1: spectacular, safe, wonderful, enjoyable, phenomenal summer.
0: Yes. And listen to the old shows.
1: Exactly. We never leave you.
0: Send us an email. We're on the
1: internet forever.
0: <laughs> We're always here. And again, we always appreciate you listening to us. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Ciao.